I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. CJ is here. DJ. Hey. You're one of our first guests. I think Dylan has been our only other guest, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. It's very uh, exciting. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah. So we were talking today about kitchen spaces. And in particular, the, well, I was going to say the verses, but that doesn't make a ton of sense. In particular, <laughs> <laughs> in particular, having your own kitchen or a kitchen with your partner, like a more private space. And doing a shared kitchen, like you and four roommates, who might be your friends, who might just be people from Craigslist, who might be people you don't like at all, um, and how it is to like have those fun communal experiences with people you like, versus having a shared kitchen with people you don't know as well, and how that all pans out. I feel like this is a good one to have CJ on. I don't think CJ would call himself a kitchen master, but, but C- we will. <laughs> <laughs> CJ is someone who likes to be in a kitchen. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I'm a kitchen master, but I don't mind being called one. Great. (laughs) That's how we'll refer to you in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, starting things off with the most obvious, the refrigerator. This is something you feel very strongly about. Yeah, I don't know that I would say that's most obvious. Wow. Because when we moved in together, you were like, you know what's going to be the best about this? Everything in the fridge is something I can eat. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. True. But also, along with that, it's like things that I know are ours. Because one of the worst things is like sitting and watching someone else's food go bad. I I think, personally, (laughs) that was always our thing. It's like the most emotional thing. Oh, yeah. Well, not only was it just like bad to watch happen, but then it was bad smelling and it like... It was really yours to throw out, and then at a certain point, you gotta confront someone and be like, yo, man, the thing is moldy and it's smelling, and you gotta throw it out. Well, also the emotional anguish of, like, it's made, you wanna eat it. <laughs> a couple of days goes by, and you're like, maybe that's gonna make it to the community <laughs> shell. And then it, like, starts to get a little bit of mold, and you're like, question, like, how far will I go? And then it's just too bad. Hmm. I had a time in college once we were in the dorm, so we had one of those like mini fridges that we were all sharing. And honestly, if someone opened it, you knew like hours later because it smelled so bad that like we had to have a meeting where we were like, guys, we're gonna <laughs> clean the fridge. About the fridge. <laughs> and like someone had to like tie a scarf around her face in order to go into the fridge. It was such a dark time. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, the fridge in Austin was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Pretty bad. A lot of things in Austin were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the fridge was even, one of them. I didn't even know all college living experience fridges might have been pretty bad. I would say that like I cleaned my fridge in college once I had an apartment. I don't like that shit, but like I do it. I think my worst uh, college fridge story is one of my roommates used to buy the Gen- Ben & Jerry's Pints. And leave it in the fridge and drink it like. Milk. Oh my god! <laughs> no. Yeah. So like, 
Yeah. But some of the flavors are so chunky. <laughs> well, yes. <Yeah>, so, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would fish them out and <laughs> just eat the candies. It was repulsive. Wow, that, that was darker than I thought it was going to get on this yeah. episode. I'm sorry. Do, do we know that person? Don't name them. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's someone that I went, we went to college with. Wow. Well, freshman year. I don't, you, you didn't know me freshman year. You I didn't did. know. Donnie did. Mm. Wow, dark. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there. I guess there are a lot of fridge woes. I didn't really like think about it that hard. Um, like sometimes people shit got gross, you, but well, also like what about shared space? Have you been in apartments where it's like this is your shelf, and if anything like goes beyond shit, or like just throw it in, hope for the best. Actually, like crazy fact, my roommates and I shared food in college. Hmm. Um. And we, like, did grocery shopping together and stuff, so everything in the fridge was something you could eat. Your family. Yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why we had that idea, because I don't, never met anyone else who did that, but we were just like, you know what, we hate the grocery store. You know, it'd be easier <laughs> if I only had to go every other week. Oh, wow. And so, Wait, how that's many what people, we did. Was it just you and one other? Yeah. Okay. Mm. See, I've, all of my college living experiences were, like, you and 20 of your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't think I've ever had a shelf, though. I think it was kind of like everyone is responsible for their own business. Don't touch other people's things. Yeah. Though I have had roommates be like, oh, I used your thing. I'm going to go buy you another one. Yeah. Which is a little irritating, but, like, as long as the thing gets purchased, you know, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it was always throw it in over the best my situation no one ever strictly set aside shelf spaces or at some point eventually maybe it naturally occurred that shelves would just sort of happen um yeah it's always just kind of toss it in mixed in you were a militant shelf divider no i was i feel like always like kind of the last person in like i had a lot of (laughs) craigslist apartments um or when i did live with friends like uh well I was just last minute add on that one as well. Uh, <laughs> so kind of just go with the flow of like whatever they want to do. But yeah, I think it's always been like parceled off, hmm. which I have neutral feelings about. As long as my things are kept in the fridge, <laughs> wonderful. I also had this like really unfortunate time where I didn't believe in fridges. Wow, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> did you not eat refrigerated things or did you kind of like push the definition of a non-refrigerated thing yeah i definitely pushed the definition and i think i was like not buying a lot of groceries because i live right next door to one so i was just like oh this doesn't need to be refrigerated until i opened up a jar of pasta sauce that had a giant mushroom of mold (gasps) on the like on the lid so like i removed it and like <laughs> pulled the mold out and the stuff that was actually in the jar that you would eat was fine but the lid just had this like uh, i don't know uh it is bigger than it was like a little bit smaller than a tennis ball wow <laughs> so you threw it away oh yeah yeah that was like a butter and salt instead of uh tomato mm-hmm. sauce i believe firmly in fridges <laughs> <laughs> you're a changed man yeah, yeah. Is it weird that I'm, like, very far removed emotionally from dish situations? Like, I can't even remember how irritating it was for other people to not do their dishes. I'm yeah. sure I was mad about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty far removed. I think it was a talking point. This is the thing. I feel like 
in what was that the philosophical the tragedy of the commons right where like at a certain point only a certain number of people will do things i feel like <laughs> dishes are sort of like that at a certain at any group larger than like four at a certain point only half the group is going to do dishes and the other half is not and that's just like the status of communal life I feel like we don't, or I don't personally have suggestions for people in this situation, though, because either you have this sort of relationship with a roommate where you're like, bitch, do your dishes, or you have this sort of relationship with your roommate where you're washing the dishes and you're like, wow, I wish that bitch would wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. I think I had the relationship where there was one clean plate that I washed after use and kept in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever kept dishes in my room, but I know people who are, like, very territorial about their things. Oh, I don't know that I was territorial. It's just that I knew if I left it in the cupboard, it would be added to the stack of what's dirty in the in the sink. Mm-hmm. Did, uh, did you have, like, a special place for it? Like, there was a dish storage place in your room, or were you just like, well, this is on my desk now? Uh, I think I had a radiator, so I kept, like, one bowl, one plate, one spoon. (laughs) (laughs) The spoon, like, I will use for, like, spreading butter, cereal, (laughs) salad. It's, you know, rough. Multi-purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Make it work. That's it. I mean, dishes still suck. Yeah, for real. It's easy for them to pile up when you get busy. And I think, like, living with a lot of people, like, people are just busy. And then eventually it just reaches critical mass when you add a lot of people together. These are all non-dishwasher situations also. I can't even fathom what it's like mm. to like have a dishwasher with roommates. Probably anarchy, <laughs> right? Because then like no one's washing anything and you come home and you're trying to like eat something, but like everything is in the dishwasher and no one is around the dishwasher. Well, we're the same problem of just like uh, only one person is going to be the person that unloads the dishwasher. So you- Excuse me, you run into those same frustrations. Yeah. Like, who's doing it, who's not. Mm. But also, I think this is more of a problem for me when, like, we are in college and people were just sitting around smoking weed and playing video games. It's like, you can't, (laughs) you can't clean this. It's like, we do need to eat. This isn't. (laughs) Whereas, like, now if a plate's, like, pile up, it's like, oh, damn, like, yeah, he's pulling a double shift and, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, true. I like the college description, though. <laughs> it sounds almost like apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the fact that, like, it was kind of radical to be like, guys, we have to eat food, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't live like this. God, that was so long ago. Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> what I do like, though, about shared kitchens that I'm an advocate of is, like, I'm not the sort of person who will have a lot of specific utensils. Much like Alton Brown, I'm like, if it only does one thing, fuck that. Mm. Um, me and Alton Brown. Yeah. Buds. Biffs. Wow. Um, but I have had roommates in the past who have, like, good shit. Mm-hmm. Who were more than happy to let me use their good shit as long as I washed it. And, like, obviously I was the one washing the dishes. So uh, What was the good shit? Oh, we first were introduced to a spiralizer because my roommate had one and not just like the shitty handheld one, but like the crank one. She had a mandolin, never had a mandolin in my life. That's a musical instrument as far as I know. (laughs) It's a thing that you like go like this and you can shave things really Uh, thin. Can you let us know what this is? Oh, sorry. Where you're like, so it's like a, 
It's a rectangle that has a blade on it. And you're supposed to use the hand guard, otherwise you end up mandolining your own hand. But you put the guard on top and you just kind of like go back and forth, shaving off in a vegetable and it becomes very thin. So there were recipes that we were making actually when I lived in this apartment that we can't make anymore because we can't cut our shit thin enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked that. Sometimes, like, you can dip in on someone's spices mm-hmm. if they have, like, some good spices, oh, you know? Because no one's going to be like, that's my salt, you know? It's no. like, you have one salt. I don't know. I, I actually have a roommate where it's actually, it solves the, like, common kitchen problem pretty well. Where describing it, I feel like it sounds a little, like, I don't know, petty, but it, it's nice in that it stops the frustration of communal items where... He's got this entire spreadsheet where anything you buy for the apartment you put in and it has this calculation where like you can put bills, food, and it does it all, which I know isn't uh, that that grand now, but I was blown away because instead of an app, I saw his formulas. Anyway. How that, did you even out then? Uh, you know, the... Like if you bought the salt, like what did you expect in return? Oh, so you would put in shares also of like, oh, well, I will probably use an equal amount of the salt... Okay. So then it's added to this like grand total that uh, I don't know. Sounds like you created a market <laughs> for, for your apartment. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a little wild. Uh, I still don't trust it because somehow like old roommates were on it because people that moved out before I moved in like hadn't settled up. Mm. So sometimes like I yeah. would end up owing them money. You're still outside shareholders. <laughs> So, I don't know. Donnie, what's the best thing that a roommate has brought to your kitchen? Well, I think knowledge. <laughs> no. Fuck that. What can I find on your shelf? <laughs> if you have a jar labeled knowledge, I am leaving right now. <laughs> uh, no, but in uh, Bushwick, I had a roommate who well, like now lives and teaches in Korea, uh, but cooked a lot of korean cuisine with i mean i knew like kimchi but that was about it that was about the extent of my knowledge and being able to go in on some different spices and fermented goodies he had and then he also cooked a lot of communal meals um so he was really open to sharing that which is cool so like leftovers are usually fair game because he would just cook in big batches because a lot of the meals and recipes you would find and use would be like whole wok meals and he's like one person so he'd be open to sharing that I think as I think about like my cooking now that was cool to experience because at the time when I rolled into Bushwick I was cooking like rice and beans and maybe turkey burgers if I was feeling fancy and my <laughs> scope was like pretty limited so to have that experience and to have someone share those spices and ingredients I'd say ingredients is probably a more physical term than knowledge um it was really cool and really pretty grateful for it. I think communal food is a chill vibe. I like a communal food vibe. Like, even if someone's like, oh, these are all my leftovers and I just, like, don't want them anymore. Here you go. Like, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think on the, on the note of, like, best things in the kitchen, I would say it's a lot of the, like, everyday shit that you didn't realize how shitty your like your mom's old cutlery was even as <laughs> someone who has like a brand new knife set yeah that's pretty true I like yeah that. uh 
And then beyond that, I would say also my roommate, my last roommate that I lived with had, it was like to scrape the very like butt end of like jars or yogurts or things like that. Just like this tiny rubber scraper that, um, I don't know, it changed my kitchen life. Donnie <laughs> loves a rubber scraper. Oh, amazing. Sometimes he'll just scrape stuff till it doesn't even need to be scraped. He just like <laughs> likes to do it. Um, it's efficient. What what do you bring to the kitchen? Like, what's your your item where roommates might freak out about? Mm. Oh, question. that's a good question. Um, I always have a full set of dishes, mm. which I feel like is sometimes uncommon. I also have this baller mixing bowl. Um, I bought it at the hardware store in the North End when I lived in the North End in Boston. And it's like, it's a big mixing bowl. Mm. Um, I like it a lot. I've been carrying it around for a long time. And I would say that is something that not everyone comes equipped with if they're not like a cook. Yeah, I would say especially like in the early days of like your first kitchen life. Oh, I've been in, like in communal situations where that is the only mixing bowl in the house. Oh, like... I've been in situations where like <laughs> if you want to make a cake, you've got four cereal bowls. <laughs> You're just trying your, your hardest. <laughs> Remember that time we tried to make a cake before we realized we didn't have a cake pan? Yeah. Yeah, that was a dark time. Um... Oh, yeah, that was, that was funny. I actually, I never have had uh, any kind of kitchen gear. Yeah, you didn't, like, come here with many things. Yeah, I did come here <laughs> in mason jars, <laughs> which is primarily for things I ferment. Uh, yeah, they were all holding, like, mold <laughs> that you were intentionally growing. You come with mason jars that you're using all of. <laughs> <laughs> they never enter into circulation. Yeah, no, I've been pretty fortunate in bouncing into situations where a lot of stuff was there already. Yeah. I'd say I bring um, Tupperware. Because that is one thing that I was, like, pretty militant about uh, when I enter a shared space. This is my first roommate situation. They would let food get moldy in it, and then instead of cleaning Tupperware, throw it out. What? Yeah. That's so rude. I was upset. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what started me hoarding dishware in my in my bedroom. Is that I... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask exactly, exactly. Yeah, that. no, that's how it all started. Uh, I'm also very protective of like my coffee mug. Um, I have a too strong emotional attachment to it. You have but, one specific coffee mug. Yeah, and I I think I have had my coffee out of that almost exclusively. Um, with the help of my therapist, I tried to switch it up, and it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like we have too many coffee mugs to the point that people need to drink everything here out of coffee mugs because we don't have any actual glassware. Um, so it's interesting. I feel like coffee mugs are something that people very liberally give as gifts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's, in a, in a shared kitchen, always a horde of coffee mugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I have also, along with jars being used, brought coffee mugs because I give them as gifts. Yeah. Especially when they're like, when I was teaching full-time, they're like, teacher gifts you know yeah what a passive aggressive way to say i hate you <laughs> hey i know you don't have space for this in your cupboard but my son gave it to you <laughs> it's also just like i know nothing about you but probably you have to drink over the course of the day. <laughs> 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 
Is it the only thing less thoughtful than money? <laughs> I feel like money is better, though, because at least you can spend it on something that you don't already have. Oh, for sure. I mean, I am always in favor of, like, a useful gift, uh, which, I don't know, that is a story for another time but it changed my life when someone told me they were getting their dad a raw steak from a farmer's market <laughs> for his birthday <laughs> i mean if that's what he wanted like why not you know well yeah they're like well he doesn't really like much but like he does love a good steak and he likes showing off on the grill so <laughs> they only bought one steak though so he had to like eat it alone no so like they brought that and then like shitty star market like ground beef mm. so that way like they could grill out but, um, <laughs> You know, but only one nice steak. Dad had a steak. Well, we were in college. They can't uh, like you know how expensive a farmers market steak is. I mean, yeah. I can't afford farmers market meat. That's why yeah. we're vegetarians. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say we've gotten some good kitchen gifts too. Like for my folks, we got the immersion blender. Oh. Pretty, oh yeah, like amazing for soups in the winter. I think that's a milestone in life when you get an immersion blender. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Do you know a lot of people who've reached that milestone? Uh, no. The only people I do know that are like, they work in food service and stole it from a kitchen. Mm. Mm. Which is perhaps a different milestone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a step back. What's the coolest kitchen thing you own? I feel like you oh. would have like the best kitchen things. Uh, no. I don't know. I think... Because even when I buy things, I buy the cheaper version. Mm. So I don't have, like, everything I own, I'm like, oh, I wish this were a little bit better. Um, it's probably not the coolest, but I love, I mean, you know, I love making bread. Um, I've grown very attached to, like, a bowl scraper that I use often. And then, um, oh, <laughs> shit. I just bought a bread lamp <laughs> so I can get into bread scoring, but I have not used uh, it yet because it came in like two days before I was leaving um, to come and visit uh, New York. But I think that is going to be very cool and I can't wait to get into weird bread art. <laughs> it's like a little knife, right? That you cut the top of the bread with. It's a razor. So you can get <laughs> like all sorts of tricked out like different kinds of woods, polishes, and then like you can watch a lot of videos of people with accents like holding and balancing their but anyway mine is very plain it was like the 8.99 one on amazon but it had four and a half stars like 430 reviews nice mm. you'll have um, to keep us updated you'll have to send us a pic for the show notes when you get back yeah and i think also uh you should know my favorite kitchen item griddle i was gonna say you do coolest, use that though. chip for everything yeah but like we were we take some of your bread recipes because yeah. basically you're like our bread dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the nicest kitchen master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two of the nicest things <laughs> that have been said to me in the last week. But like yours <laughs> always looks just like slightly more profesh, and you're always like, oh yeah, I just cook that shit on the griddle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's amazing. Like also if you're making black bean burgers, like oh man, I'm making black bean burgers for twelve of my closest friends. This is great. Throw them all on at once. Maybe we got to get one. Pancakes also great. Solves the problem of like, well, this first 10 are all cold. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Good yeah. One. yeah. It's only 40 bucks for a nonstick at Target. Really? Yes. Wow. We'll link it in the show notes for people. No one clicks on our show notes, by the way. Yeah. I can, like, see the number of clicks on the bit.ly link. No one yeah. is interested in them, but I make them religiously. Well, I mean, I think it's hard for the step, like, that extra step. 
That's true, I guess. But, like, don't you think it's weird that we talk about, like, visual things in a non-visual context? I don't know. I mean, I think I've, in the pod, pardon me, the podcasts I've listened to where they describe a very cool photo, I, I've only gone to look at them, like, maybe twice. Oh, I always click to see what they look like. Because um, I'm like, oh, I'm so, like, interested now that you made it sound cool. Well, I think the problem is, like, I'm always doing, listening to podcasts if I'm driving, running, like, going, well, if I'm going for a long walk, I can, like, blow my phone. But I think a lot of times I'm listening to podcasts when it's not accessible, and when I do have the time, I'm thinking about something else. Hmm. Hmm. That's fair. That is fair. Maybe people will find the shoutouts eventually. I mean, I'm going to keep making them because I feel like it would suck to have to like go back if we eventually got internet famous or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> this show's okay, but like, where are the show notes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we didn't have them, that might be sad. Um, the next on our list is something that, I don't know, isn't really maybe even a big deal. I said trash woes. No, okay, so trash woes is mine because oh. here's the thing. When we moved in together... Joins on it. We had, like, a normal-sized trash can. Like, the size of trash can that, like, people have. Because constantly, when we lived with other people, we were, like, always taking the trash out. It'd be, like, two days since you'd taken the trash out, and all of a sudden that shit is full again, and it's, like, wet and smelly, and it's... You know what what I'm saying? There's nothing worse than when the wet trash bag brushes against (laughs) your leg. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, what was that? Like, why is it wet? Like, I hope it's coffee grounds. Um, And these were pre-compost days as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, that shit would fill up in two days, and then you'd have to take it out. And then we get here, and we're never taking our trash out, because it's never full, especially now that we're composting. And then it's, like, smelly... I literally had no idea why for my entire life my dad had a tiny fucking trash can. And I was like, don't you just want a bigger trash can so you don't have to take the trash out as often? And the answer is no, you have to take your trash out every two days. So you have to get the size of trash can that like facilitates that. And also how nice is it when it's like, oh, this small ass bag of trash that like you can just pluck out on your way out the door (laughs) instead of like (laughs) (laughs) lugging that thing down like your Santa at Christmas. (laughs) If Santa's leg were really wet. (laughs) That's all. That's how I feel about trash. I don't know that that's like better or worse living with other people, but it's something that I thought about all the time when I was living with other people. It was like, oh, I'm probably going to have to take the trash out again. Yeah, I would say like this falls in the same category as dirty dishes. People that are good about taking the trash do their dishes. People Mm. that aren't are horrendous. Like they're probably even worse (laughs) with trash. They're the ones that like, put a box down and then like that becomes second trash (laughs) (laughs) yeah second second trash is the worst (laughs) because you know that someone like opened the trash can was like oh this shit is too full and then didn't take it out right yeah and that's yeah (laughs) bad news bears (laughs) The, the worst the friends are also fun um that's the Tagline for the next point. Donnie does all the transitions. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to look at a new transition. Hey. <laughs> right. Actually, he's very highly reviewed. Everyone who's told me they listen to our podcast is like, Donnie's so fun. Oh. I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah. Speaking of fun, what's fun about communal kitchens is doing things with the people you live with if you like them. And they're not <laughs> weird people you found on Craigslist. Uh, Who you can sometimes like too, depending. That's true. Sometimes. Uh, 
I've never actually lived with someone from Craigslist. I have no firsthand knowledge of this. I love stranger roommates. Really? Yes. Do you like hanging out with them? Uh, no, it depends. I think my best relationships are people that like you just like really share a space together with and like it's not awkward to talk while you're both like in the kitchen or living room kind of situation. I think it's just that I have a different cleanliness cleanliness level than a lot of our close friends. So <laughs> it preserves my friendship with them better if I am not upset with them for like throwing out my Tupperware. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I had very few experiences. The one main experience is pretty negative. Um, but that's for another time. But, one thing... <laughs> Transition. <laughs> one thing I remember, like, Bushwick, really everywhere I live sometimes, especially weekend mornings, breakfasts are usually a fairly communal thing, whether everyone's making their own food or someone's gone in on, like, a thing of pancake mix. Usually everyone's getting up around the same time and, like, eating together. It's kind of a nice thing especially you know when i did first move to the city everything was pretty new i get my bearings it's cool to have those sort of like communal starts at times to to get the day going and get myself talking and socializing and like doing the thing another iteration of that was trying to do uh kefir fried chicken God, that was such a disaster. Yeah, it was fun. It was a bit of a disaster. It doesn't even sound good. <laughs> well, you use kefir instead of buttermilk as, like, when, uh, you, when you do the breading. Yeah, but when you hear it first, like, I'm just thinking of, like, milk chicken. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not like milk toast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was just a fiasco trying to, like, deep fry. It was smoky as fuck. Chicken oh. in a Brooklyn kitchen, yeah. There were also, like... It wasn't a, it was like a square kitchen, which I think was a good situation because a lot of kitchens are really narrow and that's not good, but it was not a large kitchen and there were a lot of people in there trying to fry the chicken. Yeah. And that kitchen, if I remember correctly, fit one person comfortably. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It was not a good setup. And so I kind of like had removed myself and all I, I was like sitting on the couch and I was like, wow, it smells like something is on fire right now. I hope something's not on fire right now, but no one was screaming. So I was like, oh, maybe it's fine. (laughs) It was pretty fine. Another thing I just remembered, you remember after uh, the molasses reading, making the ramen with the soft-boiled egg? And no. Mike talking me through how to soft-boil an egg? I, do, I wasn't really in oh, a place man. to remember that. <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, I just did. I, never, I don't think I've soft-boiled an egg since as well. I like a soft-boiled egg. Wait, what? I, I was not there for this. What was? It was the first time I ever tried the soft-boiled egg. But Donnie had just, like, held a poetry reading at which there was, like, wine, but, like, very hefty pours of wine. Yeah. And then we went to this other bar. Yeah. And then he was trying to soft boil Nick. That's your drunk snack? No, well, we have been, like, making ramen and uh, decided uh, to have the ramen after and decided to put an egg in the ramen. I mean, Mike was sober. That's true. I I don't think it was dangerous. I just sincerely don't remember this happening, to be honest with you. Yeah, so Mike was sober. I was drunk. Um, you were there. Jonathan was there. Um, really? Yeah, Jonathan was up for the reading. I sincerely don't remember a lot of this. Yeah. Um, first time I ever tried to talk, soft boil it, and Mike like, talked me through it, and then 
did it. Like a Zen master. And another kitchen master. <laughs> uh, Mike is kind of a kitchen master in a very studied way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's a very good chef. Mike doesn't listen to our podcast, though, so. Uh, I saw um, Yeah, it was just a really nice moment. In all of your show notes from here on out, it should be a link to, like, his Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a weird bit of trolling that I'm, like, not super opposed to. <laughs> Yeah, I've had good, like, roommate food situations. When I moved to the city, I had a roommate who um, we would, like, cook dinner together once a week and then drink wine, and then we discovered Veronica Mars and did that at that time as well, Um, which was nice. It was kind of like a very idyllic moving to the city, like, finding oneself sort of thing. Mm. That was back when I could, like, drink alcohol as well without getting sick back in the glory days <laughs> um, so those were fun times you don't like cooking with other people you like to be alone no to be honest i was actually just thinking about like how could we insist that people friend mike on facebook <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't listening <laughs> so quick reminder add my <laughs> link in bio link in bio um but yeah, generally, no, I, I don't enjoy cooking with roommates, usually, because I've never, like, uh, I guess I'm just kind of a dick, or a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> we curse on this podcast, I always oh, click great. the explicit Wonderful. Thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I think I can be territorial, like, unless it's, like, explicitly, like, we are buying things for this meal. So otherwise, I'm, like, kind of utilitarian in my, my grocery buying, and, like, if I buy something for the week this is my lunch plan and like do not take my lunches Mm. yeah which is i'm working on it (laughs) (laughs) i mean you don't have to because you're about to live alone can't wait so communal kitchen versus private kitchen Mm. what do i think yeah i mean i like having my own space i think the communal kitchen was a nice experience but not something i would want to do for this long in my life some people do some people obviously have roommates like for as long as they did for them for their whole life they want um and i'm sure they have chore wheels and like adult ways of organizing things at this point i've <laughs> never had someone behave with a chore wheel <laughs> like never have i made that work ever uh, i mean i feel like we're probably young but i can imagine like Couple. If so, if I were thirty five and someone was like, "I made this chore wheel," I'd be like, "Get the fuck out!" <laughs> I would imagine like a situation in which you like lived with the group people for a while, and it just like happens like kind of naturally over time, you know. I actually moved in the last part when I moved to Chicago. They had a like old sun faded chore wheel, <laughs> uh, yeah, that they made, and then it just kind of like became the shitty art on the fridge that no one ever used, but. I like that. I like the idea of chore wheel as contemporary art. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You didn't vote, though. Oh, uh, like, private kitchen. Yeah, I always want a private kitchen. I think it's amazing. Um, Speaking of... I was was asking Donnie about this. I recommended... um, What's that dude's name? Third Plate... Wow, I don't remember his name. Uh, the guy that wrote Third Plate, uh, Field Notes on the Future of Food, goes on about someone told him that like 
you need to cook naked in your kitchen because it's like kind of a return to some sort of like animal instinct um so the first time i had my own kitchen i happened to be reading this book and i cooked, <laughs> I cooked naked in the kitchen twice because I i'm had so to do glad it. this is happening on the podcast right now <laughs> i had to do it once with the blinds open and like meanwhile i lived on like ground floor like it my windows looked in from the street and I, I cooked dinner because that was the only time I had time to like cook. So lights on, it's winter, you can see in. Heat was included, so my apartment was roasty toasty. Uh, it did nothing for me. It, like, I was a little bit cold, and like knives were are far scarier without underwear. I was gonna say, were you like afraid that it was gonna be dangerous for some reason, like splatter, like? Oh, yeah, there's no, like, hot oil situation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I, like, lean into the counter more than I realized. And, like, feeling linoleum on, like, on your bits, not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most, like, off-putting. Like, it was kind of novel at first to, like, you know, step into your kitchen naked. And <laughs> just, like... I'm about to fuck this kitchen up. <laughs> I like the idea, though, that, like, naturally, as people who live in society, like, I know a lot of people who are naked in their homes, but that, like, for some reason, you wouldn't go into your kitchen if you were, like, naked alone, that, like, that's a place you don't want to do that. And yeah. to do that, you have to, like, get ready for it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, that's actually, well, there's a funny bit about or there's an interesting bit about uh, in the crying book by Heather Crystal uh, that you were so kind to give to me um, about kitchens uh, being like the worst place to cry. Mm, yeah. Because you're like very exposed and I don't know. I was reading that on the train over here. <laughs> so you do, oh, imagine being like naked in your kitchen crying. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like someone needs to call someone to help you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's bad. And you're also, like, probably sitting over, like, tuna fish that's gone moldy, and that's all you have in your house. <laughs> Rock bottom. Anyway. Uh, so one fun thing about having your own kitchen is you can cook naked in it without upsetting anyone. Or without upset... Yeah, except those that are walking by. <laughs> what was the second time? Like, why did you return to it? Oh, well, I did it one, I did it the first time with the, like, the blinds closed, but, like, it didn't feel, I don't know, like, I guess I, it wasn't primal enough. Well, yeah, I guess I don't know. I think I, I think I had something more to do with what I was making. Like, I think the first time I did it, the blinds were shut, and, like, it was a quick thing, just because I was, like, I don't know. It felt like pretty scandalous to be naked in my kitchen. Like that's fair. I was gonna bring that one, like the leftovers for lunch the next day, and I thought people would know. <laughs> <laughs> like it would have a stink to it. I don't know. It just so I tried it twice. I think that's how I would be if I lived completely alone. Is I would like be really self aware mm. the whole time of like the things i was doing even though there would be no one there to observe me yeah i would say that's i don't know yes and no i think i became like far i like i did feel a little bit of shame like because it was like oh if someone knew i was doing this (laughs) (laughs) which was a bummer well now a lot of people are gonna know you did it (laughs) 
No, no, I more just mean like there's something conspiratorial about like, oh, I've got ice cream, like I'm gonna eat this whole pint. Like if someone is there to watch you and like share in that, like they'll cheer you on because we've all been there. But if you're eating a pint of ice cream alone, you're probably crying naked in your kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Always coming full circle. Yeah, well done. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at APT26Podcast. See you next time.